0: hi welcome to another episode of love London love culture I hope everybody is doing well I um, can't believe we're into October already um, it feels like now that things are getting back to normal things are, um, the year just seems to be passing by but obviously thank you for everybody who's been tuning in once again um, who tuned into my last episode really really appreciate it Um listening to me talking for 20 odd minutes about things that I love so much and clearly obviously you love so much as well it's it's a nice outlet for me and a nice escapism from from work particularly um everything's been a bit full on at the moment with work so I love the fact that going to the theatre and everything else has been been a bit of an outlet for me so thank you for everyone who's not only listen to this but also to anyone who's listening who sent me invites to things um i'm sorry i haven't been able to catch everything i am a one woman show doing this so i appreciate your understanding um and doing this um there's been a lot of talk recently about um whether we've got too many musicals going going on in the west end um and everything else. And it's sort of brought to mind for me, um, particularly the jukebox um, musicals, which have their own value. I think that can't be underestimated here, if it gets people into theatres, and maybe sort of venturing out, it can only be a bad, uh, a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, but there is a sl- it's been slight negativity about, about that. And I just, it got me thinking, it's not just about films being adapted into to musicals. It's, you know, or people's lives being made into a musical. I think we forget that a lot of influence, the stage adaptations, not just musicals, but in general, plays as well, um, has been books. Now, books and theatre are two of my favourite things in the world, so anything... That we transform a favourite story of mine into something I can tangibly see on stage is, is a good thing, in my opinion. And I want it so, things like um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I know some people have got a bit of an issue with this, this story, but I absolutely adored it and I need to see it again. I haven't seen it for a couple of, of years. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, um, that's the kind of take I'm taking on today's episode. I want to tell you a bit more about some page to stage adapt- adaptations um, that, I, that are either happening at the moment or they're coming into the stage soon. Um, and just to remind you that actually theatre can be influenced by a number of different sources it's not just films it's not just people's lives it it comes from everywhere um and there's so much good good things that have been based on books out there so if you're like me and you love your books you love theatre or you love one or the other I think these shows will probably um Tempt you, tempt you back into okay. So I'm focusing on the West End, um, predominantly, but there is a show that is going out on tour next year, which I will talk more about a bit later. Um, so I'm going to start with something that has literally just um, started previews in the West End, uh, "The Mirror and the Light." Um, it's now playing at the Gilgood Theatre. Um, now, for anyone who's familiar with Hilary Mantle um, this is the third and final part of her Wolf Hall trilogy that has been transformed into the stage. Now, I saw the first two parts, Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies, I think it was 2014. Um, I did both productions in one day and I absolutely loved them. Um, I did try and read the books. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't get on with them. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind to read them so I will have to re-add those to my to my list to sort of read um and I'm intrigued to see how it this part comes across on stage I mean obviously we all know um the fall of Thomas Cromwell um if you're familiar with that period of history which of course is the Tudors um it's going to be interesting to see it transform on stage I would have loved to have been able to see the first two parts again, just to sort of set us up um, for this third and final part. But obviously, quite a, because quite a few of the original cast are coming back um, to do this one. So, if, for example, Ben Miles is coming back to play uh, Cromwell. He also helped adapt this for the stage with the help of Hilary Mantle as well. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and Nathan Parker is also returning as Henry VIII among other people as well. Um, So to get them to do three plays based on a series of books probably wouldn't be a good idea. Um, But as I love history, um, I'm really intrigued to see how it comes on stage. I don't honestly feel like there's enough Tudor stories told on stage. I'm just just saying it's another way to explore, for me, um, this fascinating time in history. so obviously another returning show, now that things are slightly re-op- reopening again, uh, The Great Gatsby, uh, taking place part of immersive London. I had the very good fortune of going to see the show, be involved with it, um, it's an immersive production of Scott Fitzgerald's timeless story, about Jay Gatsby of course. Um, and what I loved about it was it gave, gave you uh, a chance to sort of see these characters in a different light and to, if you wanted to engage with them, chat to them. Um, and it, it, the the merge of interactive and sense of theater just blended perfectly um, for me. Uh, it was also an opportunity to sort of learn or attempt in my case, to learn the Charleston. Would my feet do what everyone else's feet were doing? No, it would not. Um, but it was still a really enjoyable way to spend a Friday evening um, and just making making the most of it. Um, it was... These immersive productions, I don't think some of them get enough credit to transform a beloved story and try and make it as entertaining as possible while retaining that story is not an easy thing to do. Um, and I think the immersive great Gatsby did a really good job. Um, and it allows you to dress up in 1920s outfits as well, which is always, always good fun. I was really impressed with the amount of effort that people really put in to their costumes. I had just come back, come straight from work. So unfortunately I wasn't, wasn't able to be as stressed up, But when I, when I go again, cause I think I probably would, um, I will make more of an effort next time. The only thing that slightly disappointed me was I wasn't able to move around as much. I was stuck in the same room so obviously there are little other areas and I would have loved to have been taken off and seen what the other areas looked like but you know these experiences you get different one each time you go so it is a way of tra- drawing you back to have it another go and um, experience it from a different light um, The Ocean at the End of the Lane it's coming to the Duke of York's Theatre from the 23rd of October now it's based on Neil Gaiman's book which I've never read the only Neil Gaiman book I've actually read is Stardust um, and that was because I'd seen the film and I loved the film Anyway, um, so this is national. This is transferring from the National Theatre, um, and it proved to be a great success when it was there. Um, I'm not entirely sure of the plots or anything like that, but I get a sense it's a tale of survival. There's magic. It's, is, I get the feeling it's going to be something quite otherworldly, um, which is always intriguing to me. I, I love that kind of element of surprise, mystery. Um, and I think if it's done properly, it can be really, really well done. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's another one that's coming out It's 23rd of October, as I said, Duke of York theatre um, for a limited time. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be really, really interesting. So As you can see even with these three you've got quite a diverse range of books that are being transformed onto the stage and ensuring that there's something for everyone whether you're into more contemporary authors or whether you're into more uh, classic authors um so another one is wicked the musical is actually one of those extraordinarily rare things to be based on two books um, as I'm sure a lot of you probably know, the first one is Gregory Maguire's take on on The Wizard of Oz, um, on which the musical is predominantly based, and it obviously it gives you a, a lot of a different insight into the story of Glinda and of Oz, Elphaba, um, but there is elements, of course, of The Wizard of Oz that's still retained into the show which is really lovely to see. Um, and of course that's The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, it's a book by Franklin Album. And I remember reading that as a child, um, not really knowing what to expect if it ever came to the stage. And then I went to see Wicked and I was blown away the first time when I saw Wicked. Which recently celebrated its 15th anniversary. So, very, very happy birthday to all, all those who brought that to stage. Um, and I was, as I say, I was blown away by the, the thought, the detail, the imagination of creating a new story based on the original material. But again, still retaining the elements that people know and love about the original story. And then making you see them through a different perspective, I think, is a really clever clever thing to do. Um, so, yeah, so I really enjoy, enjoy seeing Wicked recently again. Um, it's one of those musicals that just has not got a bad song in it. Um, I, it's a soundtrack that I can quite happily listen to over and over again, no question, without getting sick of it. So brilliant um Matilda now Matilda the musical I haven't actually seen which I know will shock quite a few of you um <laughs> given how many times I've seen other shows and things like that but I've heard only good things and obviously it's won numerous Olivier Awards it's won numbers of Tony Awards and I've seen snippets from trailers and things like that um and but it is based, which kills me even more that I haven't gotten to see it on one of my favourite books that I read as a child. Um, Roald Dahl's world that he created with Matilda. The central character, she's quite introverted, but she always stands up for what she believes in. It's, it's quite a nice balance. I love the mischief, the humour, all the incidents that come out. Um, she takes part in it's just all so wonderful and yes I do need to go and see this on stage um, to um, see for myself how it all how it all works Um, and again to have so much focus on a cast that is so so young I mean full credit to all the kids who work on that show it can't be easy for them Doing the show, I know they all rotate, um, which is wonderful, and I, I I get the feeling that perhaps it's hopefully it is a really wonderfully supportive working environment for them um, all. But still, to have to perform a number of shows and go to school and all sorts is, is quite something. So it, it, it is an extraordinary show filled with extraordinary talent, from from what I've heard um and again it's celebrating it's another milestone Ten, 10 10 years it's now been in the west end so again happy happy birthday um yeah so if you haven't seen it yet like me um i think maybe arrange a range of group outing because i feel like it, it is a show that i'm desperate to see and i think it continues it, to deserve its place in the West End. It is it is a British musical and it's nice to to have it in the West End to give families something to go along to and enjoy. Um, so I mentioned earlier about the fact that there was one show that's going out on tour next year um, based on a book. Now the Da Vinci Code is not one, again, it's one of these shows you wouldn't automatically think of, of being transformed into a stage show. Now, because it is, having read it myself, Dan Brown's book is very intelligent. It's it's filled with detail. It's very, it's very wordy. Now, it's always going to be a play rather than a musical because there's no way you could do it as musical. Although... Who knows, who knows, things, things can change so quickly. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, because like I said, it's filled with detail, there's lots of different settings. Um, and to take something as ambitious as this book, onto change it onto a stage, requires a lot of ambition and imagination. So I'm quite intrigued to see how it's gonna play out. Um, obviously, if it if it works, it's going to be a really good show to go and see. Um, but I think I need to reread the book again just give myself a little bit of pre- preparation. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. But I think it's it's quite an ambitious one to to put on stage. Um, The casting has just been announced um, for this world premiere. So the cast is going to be led by Nigel Harmon, who will play uh, Robert Langdon. Um, For those who remember, it was role played by Tom Hanks in the film. Uh, Danny John-Jules is going to play Lee Tingbing. And Hannah Rose Patton is going to be playing Sophie in the production. Um, So it's going to be an interesting mix um yeah so it's one to look out for um details can be found on love london love culture um so please feel free to find out a little bit more about, about that show on the website um the next one i'm going to talk about is is mary poppins now i know mary poppins the say show is perhaps a little bit more based on the film as opposed to the books, but obviously the film is based on the books by P. L. Travers. Um, and again, I've yet to see this um, on stage, but I've heard only good things about it. I mean, it, it's got new music in it as well, as well as all the classic songs, which is it's just wonderful. Um, it's got a stellar cast as well, and I, I just feel like Again, it's one of those Disney films that was easy to change onto stage and do it in an imaginative way. Um, so it is on my list to go and see um, at some point. And it, it's, it's just one of those I haven't got round to. And particularly with all the burst of new stuff that's coming onto the stage, it, it haven't got time, haven't got time, unfortunately. Um, but I promise to those who are not, may be listening in and working on it, I promise I will come to your wonderful show soon. Um, yes, yeah, so the next show I'm going to talk about is Life Apart, Pi. now, obviously, due to the pandemic. It was due to transfer... West End last year but has had to postpone very sadly Um, it was critically acclaimed um, when it was, um, it played at the Sheffield Crucible in 2019 and so therefore it got a deserved transfer, it was announced Um, and it's based on the novel by Jan Marti Um, and this is the impression I get from reading the blurb um, It's a story of survival, Um, and it it won the Man Booker Prize, which is a really good, solid foundation of how strong the story is. Um, So for those who don't know, it's a story about what happens when uh, a cargo ship sinks in the Pacific Ocean, and the only survivors are a hyena, a zebra, a orangutan, a 16-year-old and a Bengal, Bengal tiger. I mean, I'd love to know what was going on in the author's mind when they, they came up with that story. Um, it's it, it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful show. I've only seen images, um, production images, from when it was at the Sheffield Cruise Sport and the, it just looks beautiful and stylish simple the puppets are going to be incredible as well Um, so that will be um, exciting to see uh, when it comes comes down into the west end Um, another long-term favorite in the west end is the Scary and atmospheric, uh, The Woman in Black at the Fortune Theatre, which is, again, just come back into the West End, um, resuming performances. Um, I've seen it twice now. Um, I enjoyed it both times because it was unlike anything else. Um, It's very cleverly adapted for the stage um, from Susan Hill's book. Um, and like I say it's got a creepy atmosphere in it that's just extraordinary it's a two-handed show and it feels it still continues to fascinate people today because it is there is a deep psychological feel about it as well like is what's happening real is it not Um, and I really enjoyed it I certainly certainly prefer it to the film which I felt like it exaggerated everything. Whereas the stage show keeps it really simple, keeps all the focus on the story, on the characters, on the smaller incidents that happened that just then build and build and build. And you're almost literally left breathless from the show because it's just such a, a wonderfully simple, but it just knows when to ramp up the tension. I can see why this lasted so long um, in the West End and continues to fascinate um, audiences so much. So again, it deserves to stay in the West End and just keep on running. Um, So the last show I'm gonna mention uh, today It's just recently been announced that it's coming um, down to the West End. It was first seen at the Tron Theatre in Glasgow uh, back in 2018. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, sort of. Uh, It's coming to the uh, Criterion Theatre from the 15th of October, so not long to go now. Um, Featuring a cast of five, Uh, it's obviously (laughs) it's obviously based on Jane Austen's well-loved, well-known, well-adapted um, story. But I think what I'm intrigued about seeing this is is the cast of fire playing all the characters. Um, it's going to be, have music in it and hopefully a different, slightly different perspective on the story. And it's just going to be a fun, entertaining evening out. Um, so I really can't wait to see see that coming to the West End. Uh, Prime and Prejudice is one of my favourite books. It's always on my list to sort of reread. Um, I love the humour. I love everything about it. I love the characters. Um, it it, it just—it's one of those classic stories that just seems to work, and I never seem to get tired of. So um, this is something I'm very much looking forward to seeing on a personal. <laughs> personal basis. Um, And I I think it will work at the Criterion Theatre. Criterion Theatre is a a lovely, intimate theatre. And if there's only a cast of five, it keeps it nice and and easy. And it's nice to see that theatre getting more of a variety of things going in. Obviously, it had the comedy band bank robbery in there for such a long time. So it's nice to see this theatre getting a chance to really mix things up a little bit so that's that's also good um so yeah that's just a few um book to stage adaptations I'm sure there's going to be plenty more in the future um to look out for um, it'll be interesting to see what what will come next uh, I'm sure there's plenty of book to stage adaptations happening around the country and other theatres um as well um, but unfortunately, I can't focus on absolutely everything. So I may have to revisit uh, this episode or this theme um, and see what what's going on around around the country in terms of book-to-stage adaptations. If you've got any that you spring to mind that you'd like me to maybe mention at some point, do um, get in touch uh, via Twitter, uh, Love London Love Culture podcast, uh, easily found or if you can't find me do that um, get in touch um, via Love London Love Culture on Twitter um, and we'll take it from there but um, yeah in the meantime I hope everyone's enjoying back, getting back to some form of normality um, I hope you're taking care of each other and you're keeping safe um, and well I will be back uh, beginning of November with with some more thoughts and musings. Um, I haven't got a theme in mind yet, but my my thoughts are getting underway for that next episode. Uh, But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening now. And I will speak to you next month.